let's get it started. Um, well, Eric, this is this is our second episode, like officially, and it feels so weird that like we've gone this long. Uh, usually, you know, we're kind of doing twenty twenty. We're doing the yeah. This is the second episode of twenty twenty. Last, I think, last episode we did was uh, was the draft analysis. Um, and I mean, here we are now. I mean, since then, so much shit has happened. Storm, and... We did two already. I thought we did one before and after. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, that was it. So, but like, I think I kind of combined those, I think, into one. Uh, I didn't oh. put them out as like separate. So, like, we have one just kind of long one based on the draft. And then we're kind of now down to, I mean, we're, we're almost at the, uh, at the season, right? I mean, we got our own fantasy football draft next week, which, you know, definitely going to be curious to see how that turns out. And I think just overall with, you know, how, the NFL season is going to shape up. And I think there's a lot more to talk about outside the NFL, which I definitely want to focus today's episode on. Um, you know, I really want to focus on just overall how sports have been under the COVID era. And then definitely want to end on another topic that I think that's near and true to our hearts with college football. And, you know, there's been so much going on in the off season with divisions canceling and schedules being kind of in division only. I think that will be, where I'd like to spend a lot of time. I'm sure the people listening are, are 200 some listeners. We're almost up to 300 listens, uh, but definitely want to kind of keep the, definitely want to keep the momentum going. So without further ado, I mean, let's just kind of quickly touch up on the NFL, right? Thus far, everything seems to be showing that we're going to have an NFL season. Yep. Training um, camps are in session. Yeah. You know, no, no preseason games, which I'm, I'm a Thank fan God. of. I mean, I feel like preseasons are, are just kind of a bullshit way for these organizations to kind of just milk money out of us. But I mean, aside from like the first four snaps of preseason game one, I mean, you're seeing the second, third, you know, fourth string players. It's um, a colossal waste of time. But kind of going into the season, right? I mean, knowing what's in the draft and let's just say assuming all things normal forgetting about the fans and the betting aspect you know we'll touch upon that later but um maybe i'll kind of kick it off as kind of a team to watch and who i'm kind of really intrigued to see how it goes and probably comes to no surprise but i'm looking at the arizona cardinals um they had a hell of an off season uh obviously the big news with them is them getting deandre hopkins they're getting a second year under kyler murray uh, they're still getting another year out of Fitzgerald. You got, uh, I forgot his first name, but you got something Christians as another wide receiver there. Um, and then obviously they've got a solid back yeah, uh, there. Oh, in... you're thinking of um, Kirk, um, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, they've got a solid backfield as well. I just think, you know, it, and under Cliff Kingsbury, like I just think overall this should be, an interesting season for them. I think they've got a lot of pieces. There's obviously a lot of pieces not there as well. I think they were on the bottom of the division last year, um, but really should be interesting to see how a top two, arguably, you know, you could argue for best receiver in the game right now, uh, what kind of talent and what kind of, you know, competition I think that he's going to bring, uh, bring to that team. But I mean, what do you think? What do you think you're a, uh, your team to watch for the, uh, the upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, Arizona Cardinals, for what you said, makes a lot of sense. If I had to pick one team to watch out, especially in if you want to kind of angle this as a kind of like bad team or bad record and now it kind of flips the script in one year, 
uh, I would definitely look at um, the Denver Broncos. And that's a huge contingency of if Drew Locke can, can become a serviceable or, or good starter. Um, but, you know, through last year and especially this year, um, they've really built upon all the weapons or given him weapons for him to hopefully succeed. I mean, they already had Cortland Sutton, who kind of came into his own last year and really um, came out of his shell. Uh, but, you know, looking at your know, running backs, you have Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay uh, and even Royce Freeman. Um, so that's a very, you know, a lot of depth there. That's, that's, yeah, that's a versatile backfield right there. Yeah, so there's a lot of depth there. And if Melvin Gordon can become what he was or what stay the same what he was in San Diego, I know he's got some knee injuries, I think, or some kind of injury. Uh, but you have, and then at receiver, you have Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Uh, they just drafted Jerry Judy in the first round. And then the second round, they drafted uh, KJ Hamler. Um, and then they have, and they have, the year before, they drafted Dejon Hamilton. So Ham, both KJ Hamler and Dejon Hamilton, both out of Penn State. Uh, and then at tight end, I think they drafted him last year too, Noah Fant. Um, so th- they're giving him all the weapons as Drew Lock kid. Uh, to succeed and you know they in this on paper he definitely has it um so be really interested to see how they are at least on the offensive side of things um don't really know much you know outside of von miller and bradley chubb on the defensive side of things um but but offensive wise i mean they could be a fun uh fun team to watch you know if if all the pieces come together yeah, and like it's interesting because a lot of these things also translate even into like fantasy as well, right? I mean, if you're looking at you know top tier backs, like then you start like wondering, all right, you know, who's going to get a, you know most of the carries? Like, are they really going to split between Gordon and Philip Lindsay, or like is Philip Lindsay still going to be? I mean, Philip Lindsay was like a dark horse kind of underrated back last year, and like he still put up numbers. Obviously, it wasn't like you know in the the tiers of like you know your Saquon Barkley's or you know. Christian McCaffrey's in a tier of its own, but, you know, even taking someone like Miles Sanders coming in as almost as a rookie, I mean, he wasn't putting up those kind of numbers, but, I mean, he was still a good serviceable back, and now getting someone as experienced as Melvin Gordon in the backfield, like, it should be very interesting to see how they sort of shape that up. Um, But, no, I I agree, yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, do you want to touch upon, are there any teams that, you know, maybe flip side, do you see kind of not doing as well? I mean, I've got maybe one maybe two teams that I can see like a regression, maybe even more so than, than kind of last year. And it's actually one of my bets that I'm actually putting down uh, for the season is actually Seattle hitting the under on a nine win total. Um, I mean, I, I think, I think Russell Wilson is great. Like there's, there's, you definitely can't overlook that, but I, I don't know, man. I just don't think the pieces are there anymore. Um, there have been a couple people leaving off of defense. Um, I know Griffin is on a, his last year of his rookie contract, and they still, I don't think, have found something in the backfield. I mean, they've been using almost three backs. Sometimes it's Carson. Um and I, I don't know, I, I'm sure Russell Wilson will pull off some magic. And, you know, it's interesting now with COVID, you know, stadiums are not going to be filled. So that whole 11th man is not going to be, sorry, 12th man and it, it is not going to be there anymore. So, you know, Legion of Boom is not there. I, I just don't know, you know, I, unless Russell Wilson can pull off some magic, I really don't see them sort of winning, winning more than nine games. 
Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one, where and I'm kind of going along the grain of maybe not over under their win total projected, but maybe a team that was in the playoffs and I can kind of see them flopping and not making the playoffs this year would probably be be the Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, I know they got oh, Derrick Henry, okay. but just a, a, a just an absolute hoss in the backfield. But uh, I am not a believe in Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Um, I think he benefited from them having a good running game. Uh, but I think teams this year are going to finally kind of stack the run and try to, you know, make make Ryan beat them versus, you know, letting Derrick uh, Henry, Henry yeah. just run right all over them. And none of their weapons really scare scare anybody per se. I mean, they have a you know, receiver. They have Corey Davis, who's in, I think, his third or fourth year. Um, they have A.J. Brown, who's, who's pretty good. Or he's, he, he got better last year. Uh, but you know nothing really scares you, you know. On the outside, on the yeah. Even at, even thing. on the tight end area, right? Like really, yeah, even so no one on the short game. They too. had uh, Delaney Walker, so he he's no longer with the team that we usually like to hit their go-to safe, you know, third down and long or third and short. You know, who can we throw to? Usually, is Delaney, and so he's out of the he's out of the picture now. So I could see them, you know, just kind of again, long story short, making Ryan Tannehill beat them through the air, and um, you know force them to throw it more than they because I think they were they ran they ran the ball more than most teams if not if anybody maybe Baltimore with the pairing of Lamar Jackson uh having yeah. more rushes per game but they ran the ball a lot um, oh no 100 yeah I mean even if you look at like their run uh run pass plays like totals during the game I mean the run game just absolutely outweighs how much they pass I mean I guess I mean they beat the Pats on the ground they beat Baltimore on the ground like um, but no, I, I definitely agree that, I mean, taking a, I guess an example of what kind of the chargers did to Baltimore when they kind of faced them off two years ago, I think a lot of teams are going to start doing exactly what you said. They're going to recognize that, Hey, we'd rather have Ryan Tannehill try to beat us through the air than just have Derrick Henry carry three of our players to the end zone. So definitely going to see a lot of stacked boxes, definitely going to see a lot of, you know, zone single man coverages on the outside, but you're going to see linebackers pinched in for yep. sure. Um, but maybe even now speaking of Lamar Jackson and, you know, maybe just kind of ending on this kind of note, do you think, I'm not going to say, do you think, let's just say, what are you predicting as a Super Bowl matchup for this year? Do you see anyone stopping Kansas City or, you know, are you assuming that they're probably just going to be a, an absolute shoe in for the AFC? Yeah. I mean, usually every year you'd always kind of shoe in new England into at least the AFC championship game and more, more than likely the super bowl. But I think their reign has ended. Um, yeah. I'm really hoping they don't tank it uh, to get Trevor Lawrence next year. <laughs> that um, would be. And that would just be too, that would just to be too good to be true. But besides that, not to go on a tangent, um, yeah, I think on the you know, on the AFC side of things, you know, if I had to pick one team, I I, I don't know how you don't pick Kansas City. Um, I, I really don't. I mean, they're pretty much the same team. They added Clyde's Hilaire or something, the running back out of LSU, kind of um, give it give um, Mahomes another weapon to toss it to out of the back to backfield or hand it off. Um, so other than them, I really can't see it. Not Houston, Houston's, I think, sleep, slipping. They don't no longer have Hopkins, as you mentioned. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's on the downturn. Uh, Baltimore, may, 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 probably Baltimore and Kansas City are the two ones that you're probably going to have to pick between 
Yeah. Um, you know, in the at least AFC title game, but yeah, I, I would agree that at least on the AFC side of things, gun to my head, I'm picking Kansas City. Um, NFC, man, it's 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 huge toss up. I mean, it's it, there's really no NFC like, can not, really go either way, right? Because if yeah, like I mean, you uh, could pick you a could lot of teams. Pick, yeah, you could p- probably pick one team for every division and say, okay, I can see why you would pick them. Yeah. Yeah, out of the NFC East, I was I could hear I, I can understand why people would pick Dallas because they're just seems like they're stacked on both the defensive and offensive side, but they never pull together for some reason. It seems like we say that every year, right? Um, you know, the NFC North, I mean, it's easy to pick Green Bay as long as Rodgers is there. Um, you know, NFC South, you have you know um, you, you you know Brady down, so I mean, you probably pick. You know, if all things come together, Tampa Bay might be a sexy pick, you know, with Brady down there, given he's old, but that hasn't stopped him. Brady and Gronk, yeah. Yeah, Brady, Gronk's back now. You have, you know, good Godwin and uh, Evans there. You got Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard is tight. I mean, they're just loaded on offense. So I can see why someone would want to pick them. And, um, you know, and, and, but. You know, you could. Uh, I, I'm not a believer in San Francisco. I know they have some good pieces there on the offensive side, and they have a good defense, but I'm still not sold on them. I I don't think yeah. they have that like go-to number one receiver that they can rely on. You know, to get the big yardage or get that first down. So, um, if I had to pick, and assume, assuming he stays healthy, um, I'd, I'd probably say Tampa. I, I don't see why you wouldn't. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I, I think Tampa's going to be. Honestly, I really. I hope it doesn't happen, but I I really do see Tampa being like. Remember when the Browns got like OBJ and you know Baker Mayfield and they got like all the pieces there and everyone's like, yeah, oh man, the Browns are going to make a run and they just never clicked. I I have a slight feeling that that's what's going to happen. I mean, you got Gronk coming out of retirement, Brady. I mean, who knows? I mean, this I think will really be the season that really determines. Was it the system and Belichick and New England that was Brady's success, or was it actually Brady? I mean, a lot of times, you know, one outweighed the other, but they kind of went yeah, hand I mean, in hand. It was a lot of England. dink and dunk, so it might have been yeah, a system. Exactly. A lot of people accuse him of being a system quarterback, but yeah, we'll see because so, Bruce Arians not doesn't have a system quarterback like offense. He likes no, to, not like, And plus, you're going from and you're going from a it. guy like Jameis Winston who's heaving like 40, 50 yard bombs on every other play also leading the league in interceptions to now someone who's a bit more of a methodical quarterback, you know, do you change up your play style? Um, I mean, yeah, like you stated, I mean, on the offense side, yeah, they've got all the weapons and, you know, that is a terrifying receiving core. If you look at them in their prime of um, Godwin, Mike Evans and Gronk, but then it's also just like, you know, is the system in Tampa Bay going to shift to Brady or is Brady going to have to adapt? But We'll see. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say the Saints. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people are saying that, like, you know, two heartbreaks in a row, you know, for the Saints, it's it's kind of hard to recover from that. And, you know, Bra- uh, not Brady, Breeze is kind of getting up there in age. And, you know, we'll, we'll see, right? Um, if I, w- I think they'd be the easy pick, too. I mean, obviously, I think they'll be in the playoffs. But I think just like uh, we're not just like anybody, but other than, and I shouldn't say other, because this guy's an absolute stud um, with uh, Michael Thomas. I mean, who, who's opposite of him? I mean, they, they don't really have yeah. like, kind of a good one bead his one A. Yeah. It's like, it's like and all like, the, and even in the backfield, right? Like, 
Yeah, even the yeah, back when you had like Kamara, when you had the pairing of Kamara and Ingram, like you at least had a one-two punch. But now it's like just Kamara, and like even if let's just say we, you know, have uh, what's his name, like Teddy Bridgewater under center, like he's not adding a lot of depth. Like a Lamar Jackson would be like, oh shit, you know, the QB can run. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like the Saints. I feel like that would be a nice little retirement trip uh, for for Breeze to kind of end his career on a Super Bowl win, but. Uh, wishful thinking, but I, I mean, that kind of really wraps up the NFL, right? I mean, just to maybe even touch up on betting, I'm really excited to, you know, at least start the season again and, you know, see how the betting goes. Stadiums that don't have fans, it's going to be interesting how Vegas sort of gives them that home field advantage. I know Miami put out a statement that they're only going to have 20% capacity, so how is that going to work? Um, but overall, I mean, it's going to be a very intriguing season. We'll definitely, I think, try to do our weekly episodes of picks and breakdowns. And, you know, I definitely want to, I guess, try to get a better percentage than we did last year. But all things considering, you know, maybe I'll give myself a grain of salt. Um, But I guess on to more important things and, you know, things that we've already touched upon. Obviously, this has been a wild year with COVID, with sports not being there for a majority of the year. Everything's sort of being pushed back. Uh, when sports sort of came back, it kind of came back in a bit more of like a clusterfuck kind of a way where, you know, baseball started and stopped and then started again. Um, probably want to, let's say, start on the things that were working, right? I mean, golf figured out a way, NBA figured out a way, and NHL figured out a way to sort of play in these bubbles and no crowd situations, even throwing like European soccer in there as well. They sort of figured it how to go. Um but like, what are your thoughts? I mean, I've honestly been watching more hockey than I think I've ever had before just because, like, it's always on. Like, there's a game going on every day. Um, and obviously, we're in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I've been watching baseball a little more. I think that more so just because, like, when I'm bored, there's something on. But overall, like, what are your thoughts on, I guess, just this whole idea of playing sports in a bubble? I mean, obviously, it's worked, uh, at least when it comes to being safe or not, you know, contracting the virus itself. You know, NBA and NHL has proved it. Um, it's had a lot of unintended benefits in the fact of what you kind of touched on. It's like there literally was like five to ten straight days where at least not even just all sports, but it was like just even just one sport where you had games from in some instances, usually from like noon all the way to, you know, 1.30 in the morning the next day. Sometimes it starts as early as 11 o'clock in the morning uh, for, again, just for one sport, you know, hockey and or basketball. And obviously we're, we're getting to a point where, you know, now we're in the quarterfinals. It's not as many games, but you still have, you know, at least two, three games, you know, a night, uh, depending on the sport or maybe a crossover between the two. And, um, you know, obviously, from what we were getting from mid-March till what, you know, early August, it was, you know, it was a breath, breath of fresh air. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I think uh, the sports that did it well, where you kind of replicate uh, some of the fan noise, you know, I think the hockey's probably did the best. Soccer's probably up there, too. And basketball it's been it, it's been it's not been bad but it's like I, I could totally do without the whole holograms or the little projecting screens in the background for the fans that just just distracts oh, with, with, with the zoom yeah honestly yeah, I, and, and maybe I you'll like kind of that. touch upon it I mean so this kind of actually goes to what I want like what I was going to say is of all the sports like just taking everything 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to put golf in there, but let's take the major sports of baseball, basketball, NFL, hockey, and, you know, let's just kind of throw soccer in there as well. But soccer, and personally, maybe I just haven't been to the right games, but I think soccer and NBA are two sports that I would be completely fine with not going to a game. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think the, the crowd, like sitting at a live game like that really is like as exhilarating as like an NFL game or I mean, sure, MLB is not exhilarating, but MLB is more like you know, you're like relaxing, just having a good time with your friends and stuff. Where and then obviously NHL, like there's nothing like playoff hockey, kind of being right there and kind of seeing constant action for for an hour. But I could do without like NBA, like never going again to an NBA game or a soccer game. Yeah, I mean NBA. Uh, I mean. I like going to them just as a change of pace, but you know, I've always said like they never get really exciting until the very end, like the last like yeah. you know five minutes of the last quarter. Whereas you know soccer, every goal counts. Every hockey, every goal counts. Where it's ex- it's exciting and um, you know people go crazy from the first goal to the last goal, and yeah. you know just because they mean so much more. And you know uh, you know baseball, that's really hard to watch on TV just because it's so slow. I mean baseball, even in I've always said baseball and hockey are the best sports to go to. Um, I think hockey's number one just because it's it's fast, it's physical. There's a lot of scoring, there's a lot of excitement from 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 the beginning to the end. Um, and then whereas baseball, obviously not that, but it's it's the great it's the best sport where you can kind of kick it with friends and you know sit out in the open. Assuming, you know in the times when we had fans in the stadium where you could just kick it with friends and drink beers, eat hot dogs, just chill, enjoy the warm weather. And there's a baseball game going in the background where, you know, that's a sport that you don't always have to have your eyes glued to the game or the, you know, the whole time where you can kind of look around and or chit chat with people. Probably not going to miss much, but with the hockey, I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. like, you, know, you could definitely back and forth like instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and, 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 you, and the players, you know, they can feel, they can feel the fans like just kind of like looking down on them. So, you know, that has kind of that feel to it as well, but um, yeah, basketball, that, that basketball is fun to go to. That's another one you can kind of kick it with, just kind of chill while you're watching the game in the background and, uh, maybe not as chill as baseball, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't really go to a baseball game or I'm sorry, basketball game with people in the stands. I would never rush my way. I mean, if I had tickets or I had nothing to do, I'll do it. But if yeah. I had a choice, I'd rather go to a hockey game or a baseball game in person and no, everybody else. 100%. Even football is hard to watch too, because too, too many commercials. Yeah, I mean, which is why, like, I think that that's more so, I think, when you watch football on TV, I think you're also, like, you have to kind of sit through the commercials, where at least, like, during the game, like, you're at least there, like, each play does really count, um, and I think just the whole aspect of, you know, tailgating and football are kind of synonymous, so it, it's not just that, like, three, yeah. four-hour game, it's, football like, a full-day more... fucking event. Yeah, it's more you know, college too, but, you know, pro and college football, that's more of an experience, you know, something that you do from not when you get, you know, not when the clock starts, but when you first park your car. That's that's yeah. the experience. It, where, exactly. It, whereas, like, you know, the, 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 now of course, you, you know, other sports, you can go to a bar or inside or outside the stadiums and grab some drinks beforehand and kick it with people. And, but it's not the uh, same, the, you know? Yeah. I mean, yes, there's some, not all NHL's teams have parking lots where you can tailgate it. Like, you know, DC can't, but Philadelphia can just because they share the same parking lots as the Phillies and the Eagles. So yes, they, they tailgate there, um, you know, and, you know, times when we were allowed to, and, but, you know, DC, you can't, so you just go to a bar, so, but it doesn't really have that kind of a game feel or experience just because you're at a bar near the stadium. You know, what it starts when you, you know, get in your seats or, 
Right? Yeah. Maybe that's when the game starts, when you get your seats. Whereas, you know, college football, pro football, you know, that you, you have to feel like, yes, I'm here. I'm fi- we finally made it, you know. And yeah, exactly. You know, once, once you kind of pull down the tailgate and you know, start unloading everything. Um. So I mean, maybe kind of just using that as like a segue into into like the last, like maybe kind of I don't want to end on this, but um, I mean, where do you think sports are going to be, right? Like, I mean, I was looking at old highlights of of games and just of uh, of players, and just kind of got into like a YouTube hole, and like you know, the crowds in some of these games like do play a pretty big factor. I mean, and they just add like a different sort of level to it all and again i granted i do think you know looking a little bit longer term five ten years from now you know covid you know assuming it's just covid is probably going to be something as as sort of i don't say mundane but as something as you know occurrence as like the flu where you know the same way that there's a flu season there's going to be a flu and covid season where people are going to be a bit more careful i think now moving forward but you know, looking a bit more short, short term into like two, maybe three years. And, you know, we'll probably touch more about, you know, the effect on smaller organizations like college, but, you know, just sports in general. And I think just like you're saying, the idea of like waking up, going to a tailgate, you know, waking up or, you know, just going to a basketball game, hockey game, whatever your kind of poison is. But, you know, it's, I honestly don't think it's going to be the same, right? Even when they start allowing fans back in, people are going to be a bit timid. Um, I think always some of my best memories at whether it be any any sporting event really is like, you know, obviously we've been drinking quite a few for most of the day, but, um, you know, just like running into random people, your team scores a touchdown, everyone's giving high fives to the people around them. You know, you're shooting the shit with someone random waiting for a line to grab beer or food or whatever. Um, I just think that's sort of like organic sort of conversations you had with strangers. I think those are going to be different moving forward. I think people are going to be, be a little bit more cautious, at least for the next couple of years until, until we've sort of gotten a grasp on coronavirus and, you know, people start ex- until like us as society kind of accepts this as, you know, a part of our day-to-day lives. Um, well, the thing is, like, the, the reason why we're going through all these things is because we don't have a vaccine. If we had a vaccine, it'd be treated probably that everyone's mentalities or how they go about their lives yeah. and whether we have closures or not. They probably probably don't happen because, you know, just like the flu, like you said, you know, that kills people and not to go on a tangent, but that kills people, that kills tens of thousands of people all the time. But we don't really freak out about it. We don't close it. We don't have the social distancing. We don't have sports canceling. You know, just because everyone's like, oh, well, if I fear for it or, if, you know, I, I don't want to get it or try not to get it, I should say, you know, you get a vaccine and, and life goes on. And so I think that, you know, I think it's going to return to normal once we have a vaccine, um, you know, and, you know, people, you know, mentioned like, hey, what is tailgating going to look like, you know, after this? I think it's going to return to normal because if, if the people who are really concerned about, you know, shooting the shit with like, you know, people that you said, you know, bumping into people and walking to their tailgates, those people probably aren't going to games if they're truly still worried about such, you know, they're going to ones who are going to be like, I want to stay at home, but eventually, you know, I I think that's going to wear off. I mean, just like, you know, with any other virus that we've had in the past, like H1N1, right. You know, we didn't have a virus or I'm sorry, a vaccine uh, for that when it first, when we first found out about it and we eventually did. Right. 
Um, no one talks about that anymore. No one talks about, you know, oh, we got to have yeah. six feet between our tents because of this virus or whatever. So I think once we finally do get a vaccine for it, you know, whether that's, you know, um, you know, no, six weeks away or six months away, I, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm no expert. I'm, I have no clue what's going on and that there's a race to get there. But I honestly think once a vaccine hits, I think we are we're going to return to normal and it might not be a snap of the fingers because that's yeah i think that's going to be like the key thing right right so so it might be a a phase how you phase back into normalcy within you know maybe you don't rush you know maybe you get the vaccine halfway through the next sports season you're watching maybe you still don't perhaps maybe you don't have fans on the second half of that season maybe kind of slowly phase back and start coming up with protocols maybe not protocols but we're like okay well let's just start with having fans the next season and we'll go about that way where we so uh, that's what i am i i'm you know i i just think it takes a vaccine to really calm all this down and i think a lot of this in my opinion it's it's not political it has it's nothing, and and it's it's. It, it, I think it's just a mentality. It's it's it's. Uh, you know what do you, you know what do you feel safe with? Just like, um, you know, for example, like you know, if you drove a car, you know, you you could still you know, if there was no seatbelts, if we of some snap of the fingers, seatbelts just went poof and they went away. You know, a lot of people would be scared to drive a car just because you don't have that kind of like that. Uh, what do you call it? Insur- insurance if you will yeah. insurance just in case of the worst case scenario and uh but people would probably still drive uh but you still have people worrying about driving because there's no seat belt but if you know seat belts magically come back and like people are going to kind of be like okay now i can finally get back on the road so i think i think in my you know again i'm no expert i'm no scientist and i you know none of us really should have an opinion on it just because you know we're, we're, no one's no one's an expert or a subject matter expert uh, but I think it's just a mentality. But even if it's not a mentality, I think once we have a vaccine, um, I think we will will again not a snap of the finger kind of thing. But we'll, we're going to slowly get back to normalcy. And I, I think I mentioned this before on here, or maybe somewhere else. But may, maybe some of these teams, when you buy it off their 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 ticket sites, you know their 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 websites, you know nationals.com or whatever wherever eagles.com or you buy it off Ticketmaster or StubHub or wherever these third-party companies they'll probably have a waiver uh maybe in the first like first season back where you have fans where you're saying hey we released any kind of uh liability um because it's all about liability for the most part but it's probably some kind of liability release for these teams so and it and the people that will are okay with it they're probably going to sign it or probably not even know that they're signing it just because it'll be in small print um, yeah. that, but, that, that, that like one disclaimer that no one reads everyone just like yeah, checks the fucking box thing like, yeah, for. Yeah. yeah you just kind of scroll through it really quickly <laughs> and then check it off and yeah. that's what's going to happen and may, maybe not definitely but I could see that happening and if not then you know I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for everybody just to have a vaccine and yeah just like we have for the flu the flu is as good as what 50% of helping you depending on the strain or how, how popular the strain is and you know, yeah. we, we I mean, I, I, or... I don't think it's going to get like, I, I agree with everything. Like, I think va- like the vaccine is going to help. I think it's just like you said, I don't think it's going to be a snap of the finger. I think no. I, I if I really had to guess, I would assume 2022 season is probably when we'll see something resembling maybe like 75% of normal. I think this year obviously is a wash next year. It's going to be pretty interesting. Like how teams start phasing 
or not teams, let's just say like overall sports organization starts phasing like people back into the arenas. And then I think 2022 is probably like when you'll see somewhat close. Cause I think by then we'll have like enough iterations of like the vaccine. We'll get more data as to understanding the virus, yada, yada, yada. But um, yeah, kind of going back into kind of what's up. I don't know. I I was just going to say, I mean, I I don't think it's going to be that far out just in my opinion, just because we already see, and of course, Again, not 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 to go down the political aspect of it, but like you know, the teams that you know, whether they're college or pros, that are deciding, hey, we're going to have twenty five percent or twenty percent capacity or uh, X amount seats sold this year. Those are all done by the governors. It's not necessarily by the NFL or the NHL or something like that. So, is that still going to be the case next year, like where the governors have the say, or they're doing it by the state mandates? We don't know. We, you know, it'll, it's, it'll be interesting to see what what happens. But I guess where I'm coming at is, if we do, assuming status quo, right, it could get worse. Um, when it comes, when I say worse, when it comes to actually like restrictions and mandates, if you will. But, you know, if status quo, we have some of these teams that, you know, allow 25% uh, capacity into the stadiums and, every, and afterwards, there's not some huge spike in deaths or hospitalization rates and, or whatever that you count as important to you, um, then I think, okay, that's the basis. And then maybe next year you move to like a 50 to 75%, maybe more, who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm not one to say, but I think if you can, if you can establish a 25%, that's where you kind of that's kind of like your basis of where you start into the phasing, if you will. Yeah. Um, but kind of going back, kind of back on, you know, touching on that like whole liability thing, like obviously in the professional world, you know, at the end of the day, like these are corporations. So obviously, you know, they want to mask themselves from liabilities, but I think where this idea of incorporating in sports is really what, what, what's really been shown a light on this where we see this the most is definitely on the college side. So obviously, you know, for those of you that really haven't been kind of following, you know, there's been this big sort of news around college sports and one lot of the power five divisions have decided uh, kind of mainly also speaking to football, but I think this kind of affects all sports. Um, so for football, all Power 5 schools decided to do in-conference scheduling, which, agreed, it does make it easier on the conferences to sort of set restrictions. It doesn't necessarily reduce traveling, per se, but um, as far as scheduling and sort of you know making their own rules, it's a lot easier to do than sort of having to work with, you know, ACC trying to schedule a game with, you know, the SEC or the Big Ten. You know, it's two conferences going at it, but... What that is now yeah, also cascaded to is three more, uh, not three more. So three of the divisions, uh, Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big East, I believe, have all canceled their football seasons. Um, ACC and SEC are still, as of right now, are going to be Big having 12. a football season. Yeah. Oh, Big Twelve. There you go. Um. So yeah, man. I mean. This is this is very interesting because it, it's causing a lot of uproar. Obviously, parents are getting involved, and you know, there's a lot of big players. You know, Trevor Lawrence comes to mind. He, you know, he's been very active on social media. Justin Fields from Ohio State, uh, he's kind of made sure his voice is heard. Um, and and a, a lot of good points are being brought up, right? You know, if if these universities are allowing for students to come back. 
and not allowing for football seasons. You know, a lot of players, what they're sort of saying is that they feel safer, you know, actually coming back, living with the team like they usually do. Most organizations, like most. Yeah, they have their own bubble already. All housed, all the sports players, they will could have stricter restrictions on health, on curfews, whatever. Like they have these things in place regardless of coronavirus. So why not have them come back? And why do universities feel one? I obviously don't want to get into this topic of one. Why have students come back and, you know, jeopardize their players health, right? I think that's kind of what they're looking at it, where for a lot of these universities, you know, take Virginia Tech, Alabama, Clemson, take any like pick any power five school out of a hat. More often than not, the football budget and the inc- and the the revenues that they generate from the football programs are a large portion of the university's income and you know that income is not only just to pay for other things throughout the university now obviously i do understand that there's things such as endowment funds there's booster programs whatever may have you but that is still a large portion of the money that is coming into they're not getting any booster money if they don't play football i'll tell you that yeah i mean agreed so it's it's a very interesting scenario right like you know on one end you know there are an ncaa has been getting a lot of it has been put under the spotlight a lot recently, right? You know, it starts all the way back from this idea of not paying players or, you know, universities making an exponentially more amount of money off of a player's name, you know, take someone like Trevor Lawrence. If you look at the amount of money that Trevor Lawrence has gotten versus the amount of money that Clemson has gotten for using the name Trevor Lawrence or kind of him being on the team, obviously there's going to be like a chasm difference between the two. I can argue, you know, both sides to that. I think that the NCAA should change its model to make it a bit more fair, but I don't think that players should be paid fully. And then obviously now that has gone now more into some like dumb shit that like NCAA has done with like not accepting transfers, not accepting, not extending out someone's eligibility period. I know we had some shit like that for one of our players where like he wanted to move closer to, to his mom who was sick. And like the NCAA wouldn't like allow that, and it, it, five miles outside of the so-called hundred mile radius. Yeah, um, and then now but, you have yeah, this. And, and she, right? had like bra- she had like brain tumors or brain surgery, but you know they'll allow somebody to move from Ohio State down to Georgia just because he was bullied in the dorms, um, and so they automatic. It's just, it's, it's a farce. It, the problem is there's no leadership. I know we talked about before. There's no leadership, and it's. There's no like one commissioner or the pre- there's a president, but he's a joke. Um, yeah. It's pretty much the commissioners and, and, of the power five that pretty much. Run. Yeah, right. And they all speak for themselves. There's no like annual meeting or monthly meeting of each other. You know, they just go about their own business and it, it, it's dumb. It, it's, it's so dumb. And it, like you said, it, it, it's liability it has nothing to do about safety because as you said, if it had anything to do about safety, they would be like students. We're doing all online, stay at home, you know, yada, yada, do not come back to campus where you surround yourself with, uh, you know, the 30 people in your classroom, uh, you know, hundreds of people in your dorms, uh, uh, thousands of people just on campus in general. It has nothing to do about safety. It's all liability, which I get. But you can't just say, 
you know, we fear for the, the football players because they're going to be in close contact and tackling each other. So we don't want them to get them sick and die. But you allow other students who you know aren't going to stay in their dorms and just twiddle their thumbs. They're going to go to parties. They're going to, and if they don't go to parties, they're all going to meet in somebody's dorm or house and be close to each other. You think they're going to wear masks in the, the housing and stuff like that? No, we've all lived there and been there yeah. and done that. It's, it's not have football and just, or just in, gen, or in general sports, especially these big power five schools. I'm, I'm sure you could do it at other non-power five, but they all, oh, they already have a bubble intact already. You just make it more restrictive and more confined. Like, you know, they already have all the, you know, they have their own dorms for the, all the football players. Uh, if they're not living off campus, you know, they have their eating, you know, their, their cafes, they have their, their tutoring sessions and their teachers if they need for tutoring um you know they're they're at the, they're on the football facilities or field pretty much half the day every day um and if they need to, to stay at those facilities in place i mean they have the, they have better doctors here than they do back at home or um better doctors yeah. probably overall it, it, it makes no hundred percent it, it makes and, no and, yeah and, and like a lot of players are like them getting these scholarships like actually is putting them in like yeah that's their life it's it's taking them out of probably for a lot of these players which is a very unideal living situation back at home you know they probably have like a single working mom and you know taking care of three kids kind of whatever may have you but like these scholarships and them kind of getting access to a lot of these like top tier facilities is probably going to better them in the long run than anything else right they won't get the health care and the doctor care for the most part you know given yeah, and if there's some schools allowing you to stay on campus and, you know, take online schools, but I mean, sh- sure. But, you know, some, some guys may want, I, I want to stay on campus if it's online or if some schools may force you to stay home. And, you know, the, the housing is so much better. The food is so much better for the most part, the, yeah. the, the doctor and medical care is so much better. So it's like, it, it doesn't make and sense. Plus, and that's just, have, that's another talking point. Yeah. And like, we have, uh, what do you call it? Like we have, examples in the professional leagues of NBA bringing everyone to Orlando, the bubbles that the NHL have created. Like we have things that are working in the professional league that they really just need to mirror. And it's actually easier for colleges. Cause like we've said before, like the things of like bringing players and putting them in separate houses, like you don't need to do that. That already exists. Like, or like universities already do that as it is. They have their own dining halls. It's a lot easier, and the universities have the infrastructure to do it. I think, I mean, honestly, this is probably one of the more like baffling decisions that I think, especially the NCAA if it's online. Like, you could make a case that none of these football players would ever have to step on campus. They could literally just stay in the football facilities or their yeah. dorms and just do online classes. Never step foot on inside a classroom. And then once you submit your 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 online paper or whatever. You just turn around you and there's your pads. You put on your pads and go to work. And, you know, obviously you have testing in place, right? You got to have testing in place. And, you know, hopefully that, you don't have any false positives and hopefully you have testing that can churn out fast results. Of course, right. Those that goes with all the testing and protocols. Yeah, but yeah exactly. It, it, it's just stupid. You're telling me that the, the hurricanes, Miami hurricanes, it's okay for them to fly up to Blacksburg to play tech, but they can't drive a couple miles to university of Florida and Gainesville to play them. That that makes no sense at all. I mean, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I mean, the like, might have an easier way to reschedule stuff and push. Yeah, schedule I, back. I think I, I agree with the in-conference plays. Like, obviously, for depending on what conference you're in, like, you know, outside of you know playing Miami, Clemson, maybe a few other teams, like they're maybe not like sexy matchups for like whoever your respective team may be. Um, like the 
staying in conference, I think it's easier, but this idea of canceling completely, I, I, I just like, there's no way that you can sort of convince me as to like why you think it's okay for them to return to the university and take classes, but not go to the university, which for a lot of these guys, I mean, like, I don't mean to be rude about it, but like, like a lot of these guys aren't coming to like get a proper degree. Like, I mean, yes, like the universities are giving him an opportunity where they otherwise may not have had a chance to get a degree, but like they're coming there to play football. Right. And like, they're going there. They've got NFL aspirations and you know, we this need, is interesting. Uh, I was just going to say with the degrees, we need people in, in the communications area because, you know, people didn't go to broadcasting and journalism and stuff like that. But it, it, I'm sorry, when you see 60% of the, the and this, I think I saw a stat of it, it's like 60% of all football players major in like communications or sports marketing or something like that, which, I mean, come on, that's just, yeah. like you said, they are there yeah. to play, they aren't there to play school as Cardell Jones once said. They're they're yeah. play football. <laughs> yeah, like it would be one thing if like there's more people actually taking advantage. Like I'm again, I don't want to like shit on everyone that plays college football. I'm sure there's a lot of students that are tons of scholars. Yeah. Like 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 you know taking you know yeah taking actual classes you know pursuing whether it be a finance, engineering, management degree, Get some their sort of like within five years yeah. or double double major whatever. Yeah, I mean. whatever may have you. But like there are going to be also some players that like they know that like, Hey, my best, like I really didn't get into this college and I normally wouldn't have gotten there if it wasn't for my football skills. Without for football, right. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it's an interesting situation. I mean, we, we shall see. I mean, Hokies, they just released their schedule. Uh, I mean, we'll see if we have a full season, if we have half a season, what it looks like. Um, I'm not sure if you saw, but like we like rescheduled one of our games with like North yeah, or with NC State or something like that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, you know, I know we're kind of nearing the end of it all, but everything's really up in the air. There's a lot of unknown, which, you know, sort of adds some sort of excitement to it all being like, you know, you really don't know kind of what to expect. Um, but then there are a lot of things like this whole NCAA thing that I kind of do feel for the kids um, I mean, obviously, if you're it's someone horrible. like, Tre- yeah. like you know, obviously, for someone like, Tre- let's say you're Trevor Lawrence, or you know, take Justin Fields for example. Well, he's Ohio good. State. He's Gucci. I'm, I'm not worried about. He's good, right? Yeah, Lawrence. but if you're yeah. like a second string or third string wide receiver, you're maybe right. like a walk on that, like prove himself. Exactly, right? Like this could have been that season, right? Like I would have felt even better, which I, you know, there have been a lot of players that have opted out, even from an NFL standpoint. But the NFL is at least still giving an opportunity for players like you know take someone from the Eagles like Boston Scott or some of these walk-on guys that like, Hey, this is your chance to sort of step up, take a leading role in hell. Who knows, man, you might get a nice fat contract out of it. Same kind of goes for these NFL, like for college players, maybe you're a second string wide receiver, third string, you know, you're probably looking to get on a practice squad. Who knows? Maybe you have like a blowout season and you know, you might actually get invited to the draft. Um, But yeah, dude. So that kind of brings it to the end of the episode. Um, I know in our last episode, and you know, I've really been talking about. I do want to start um, kind of putting some more stuff up on YouTube and putting stuff up on the Instagram. I've started now, finally figuring out what works, what doesn't work. So I think maybe for our first episode to kick off Week One of the NFL, um, we'll probably have something like that, and might change up the way we record and things like that. But it shouldn't be too too complicated. Um, I mean, I'm excited. 
Um, another season, another full, hopefully another full 16 episodes. We kind of killed it, I think, season one. Um, definitely want to put my money where our mouth is this year. And um, especially for betting and stuff, I think we'll, we can definitely up the betting episodes and kind of put a bit more of a betting aspect, especially with what lines could have been with crowds and now without crowds, you know. Uh, you got well. first, first games of college football in one week or a week from tomorrow. Yeah, they're not dude. the um, They're not the I mean, sauciest matchups, but they're matchups. Yeah, I mean, you got that. Uh, NHL playoffs are in, are in full swing. Um, it, it, it's it's fun, man. Uh, I mean, I've been – fuck, dude. I've been watching golf more. I mean, that's probably more so for the fact that, like, I've taken I definitely up golf. watch a lot more golf, yeah. So, but I feel like every fucking weekend there's, like, some sort of golf tournament going on. It's and one like, of those things – I mean, I don't know if it's just in the times we're in, but golf is just even normal times. It's kind of nice. It's kind of put on the TV and just let, let it oh, play. Oh, 100% agree. kind of noise in the background. Yeah. I know, I know some people do that with, like, Netflix shows or just, like, you know, puts – I hate Friends, but I know people put on Friends in the background to have some noise in the background. But yeah. Golf is yep, great. I agree. Fa- fans are no fans. I mean, it's just kind of have even just hearing the commentators and obviously fans would do better. So you hear the roar of the crowd, but yeah, yeah. Um, it is nice just having the background and just, you know, whatever the hell you're doing, you know, just hear that, have that. Sort of, I like, agree. Awkward silence, if you will. Um, But yeah, dude, I mean, exciting times, you know, definitely a lot longer episode, but I think we're going to keep it around the just sweet spot of 30 to 45 minute range. Once we start hitting, Hit our strides with the NFL season. Uh, we got our draft coming up. Excuse me, man. Oof, next week. Uh, should be an interesting one. I hope I don't get fucking 10th pick. Uh, but then again, I did get second to last pick in last year and I end up in second place. So don't want to toot my horn or anything. But There you uh, go. Yeah, dude. Uh, I think that kind of concludes it for this episode. Um, definitely for you guys out there, thanks for listening. I definitely want to grow this podcast. Uh, I know it started off as a hobby, but it's still going to stay a hobby until, I don't know, we get like a Joe Rogan type of deal, which, you know, then I quit my current job and then I just live off the earnings (laughs) of that fucking contract. Um, But definitely go give us a like on Instagram. Give us a follow. And Eric, as always, um, it's been a pleasure, dude. Absolutely. Peace.